Hello and welcome to Feature with Gerd Leonhardt's podcast. Greetings, everybody. Hello. Guten Tag. Grüezi miteinander. I actually live in Switzerland, but I am from Germany originally. Uh, it's a great pleasure to be at the German-American conference and, uh, and uh, speak to you about the future. Um, I put as a title, the future is better than we think, exclamation mark, question mark, because as was said earlier, a lot of people think that the future isn't going to be good. I mean, have you heard of COVID, right? Have you heard of global policy, supply chain change, and the chips shortage, and of course, uh, gas problems, and global distribution issues, and so on. So the question really is, is the future going to be better, and why? So I've set out for quite some time to figure this out, and a big part of my work is making films. And I made a film about the good future uh, this year, a couple of months ago, in beautiful Lanzarote, the Canary Islands. And just to kick off as a context of that, of that film, I want to quote E.O. Wilson, who said, a uh, famous biologist and philosopher also, and activist, in Oxford 2009, he says, the real problem of humanity is the following. We have Paleolithic emotions, uh, medieval institutions, and godlike technology, and it's terribly dangerous. And now we're approaching the point of crisis overall. And it's really funny, you know, that was 11, you know, a long time ago. <laughs> and now we're here and we're saying, okay, what is the future going to hold? And um, what does it mean? So in the film, you can see it at uh, thegoodfuturefilm.com, I talk about why I think the future is better than we think why we can have hope, why we have to just do a few things to make it right. And I'll explain that here in my film, and I look forward to discussing it with you afterwards. Many people have a view of the future that is kind of polarized. You know, either it's amazing, that's like more Silicon Valley style, right? I lived there for 17 years, so I'm pretty familiar with that in the dot-com boom. Or, you know, defensive, as people generally are more in Switzerland, for example, where I live. Uh, being more hesitant to go forward into that future. And uh, really the situation is, as we can see it right now, is that I really believe that we have all of the tools uh, that we need, science and technology, to make a great future. We're inventing stuff every week, solving major problems. I mean, it's basically science fiction becoming science fact, and I'll talk about that in a second. But what we're missing is the antidote of the tool, right, which is the telos, the Greek word, the wisdom, right? the purpose, the understanding, the collaboration. Uh, it's a term used by Aristotle when he talks about the final destination. And he liked to speak about uh, the fact that we like to look at the means a lot, but not at the end. And I think we have to look a lot more at the end and figure out where we want to go and what we want. So let's take a look at the tools that are coming towards us that are already here. I call them the game changers. You know, basically cloud, the internet of things, uh, blockchain, 3D printing, quantum computing, uh, genetic engineering. It is mind-boggling, all that stuff that's happening at the same time. And of course, none of that is just plain old there. It's exponential, like Moore law, Moore's law, Metcalfe's law, Wright's law, and so on. It's converging the industries. It's basically the most powerful thing happening right now, becoming very, very real, reminding me sometimes of the good old uh, Blade Runner number one, the flying taxi, that's here now. I spoke at IAA Mobility the other day and somebody was demoing a flying, flying taxi. So I really think we're going to see more change in the next 10 years than the previous 100 years. And that's not an overstatement. It's not a euphemism. It's basically all happening at the same time. We're entering the leap age. And COVID has really funneled this into even a faster 
acceleration now, basically because technology is everywhere now. Uh, starting with a beautiful Amazon Astro Robo toy that just came out, or of course the Boston Dynamics dancing robot that you can, that you can see on YouTube. Basically, it's all happening now. One of, some of these are more like in demo stages, but you know we're clearly there to where science fiction is becoming science fact. And now we have to think further about all that stuff that's happening to us in a very quick time. The largest technological transformation in human history with all of those things happening at the same time. Uh, new trillion dollar economies, innovation platforms, autonomous vehicles, energy storage, the blockchain, genome sequencing. The list goes on, of course, with the uh, exponential cost reduction trend of pretty much anything genome ed editing, batteries, LEDs, everything, right? Uh, the solar panel cost declining, battery cost declining and increasing in power, 3D printing of airplane engines, uh, parts, and a new kind of meat. This is the, actually the most funny statistic here, uh, showing that we're going to eat a lot more cultured meat and meat from the lab than we eat real meat in the near future. Maybe the future is veg vegetarian, right? And then uh, we have here also this amazing uh, thing that's happening around us with deep learning and machine learning that's providing us with all of the changes and fueling most of it. And the hype curve of climate change technology is also here. I mean, looking at this, the red dots are the zero to two years and they're everywhere now. EVs, ride sharing, and then the yellow dots are battery storage and fuel cells and so on. It's basically all here when you're looking at this it's pretty safe to say that we're in a sustainability revolution. Uh, the tools are getting there quickly, but the telos is kind of falling behind. Uh, the understanding, the wisdom to make it work. That is our biggest problem. It's not that we don't have the tools. Right? So I think we can tackle most of the practical scientific technological challenges that are on the, susten uh, on the sustainable development goals here. Uh, we can tackle most of those, but technology will not tackle societal, human, cultural, and political and policy issues. It probably makes them worse. Look how much has Facebook has increased the problem of media rather than decreased it because it's really efficient. Right? That's what technology does. We have to take a more holistic view. And this is going to be crucial to create a good future. We can't just say, well, it's going to be great because we can make lots of money with this product and we can work much faster, we can become superhuman. But the real question is, is it going to be good for us? Is it going to work for us in a larger way? What we have achieved so far is really this simple graph shows it really well from just Gupa Review uh, and the Treasury. Uh, produced capital has increased, right? Productivity, human capital a little bit, not much. But natural capital has completely tanked. And who is going to do well doing business in a broken down world? And that's a question I ask myself a lot. I think we're moving to a new paradigm here because we have to realize that the capitalism that we've had so far, yeah, not just the Milton Friedman capitalism, but even until now, is kind of unfit for this future. And then the question is, what else is there? What is sustainable capitalism, post-capitalism, neo-capitalism? Right? I think we have to think about the economic logic if we want to really tackle those large issues, because we are literally at a fork in the road moment. Buckminster Fuller, famous uh, futurist, one of my uh, mentors, indirectly speaking. Uh, he talked about this a lot, that we are essentially at, at a junction. And he talked about that 50 years ago, but now we really are, I think this is the fork in the road, and as we're moving into a future where it's basically gonna be tackling climate change, 
tackling inequality, which is the cause of terrorism and crime and, and other really not so good things in our society, and tackling things like the AI arms race between China and the US and possibly even Russia. Right? How are we going to tackle this you know, in the free market? Are we going to need more interference? And what exactly does that mean? Have we practiced this in the COVID times as to where this could go and what it means? I think we're moving into a new world, a new decade of new things. And I've collected three of them here in my work, uh, basically the result of the COVID crisis. Big blue, not IBM, but technology, big tech. And big green and what I call big purpose. Some people would call it big human. Uh, and I really think that there's also convergence of these sort of transatlantic camps now happening with the American concept of Big Blue. That's very, very American, of course. Uh, I lived in Silicon Valley for 17 years. That's where it all emanates from, and of course, China also now. And, but Europe is really about the Big Green. And maybe this is a good way, sort of German-American way of, of saying, well, big purpose, uh, being a humanist, living in a collective society, maybe that's a good convergence of those two streams, right? So big tech, big green, big planet, and finally, some people would even call it big state, right? Because now the state is everywhere. I don't know, big state is probably not a good word. I call it big policy or big purpose. And it, the state is gonna be absolutely everywhere as it has been in the COVID crisis, because these are very complex issues. We're gonna see a lot more regulation, carbon tax and all these things. That's going to be a, require a lot of wisdom. Maybe politics and wisdom is an antidote. I don't know, but but uh, I, I hope for that to be pointing a way forward into an interesting future. There's already lots of that happening. Right? The Pandora Papers, uh, the Business Roundtable discussion, right? Uh, the whole discussion ab about the vaccine patent waiver to get more vaccines out to people. Uh, the idea of basically creating net zero alliances for insurances and banks. It's happening left and right. People are moving into a new reality. And that reality means we want to have a good future, not just a well-off future or not just a, a, a polarized future. Right? So three points about that good future I want to go through and then we'll talk about it a little bit later. So digitization, uh, big blue, of course, and decarbonization, which is basically complete resetting of our current economy. And that's going to all happen in the next decade. The end of oil is near. Well, of course, it won't be the total end, but uh, as a business, yes, total decarbonization uh, enforced in really rapid ways in the next couple of decades and decades, sorry, <laughs> and reformation, which is basically changing our economic logic to think larger, to go beyond GDP. And that discussion, again, has been around a long time, but there's, a, there's a, like a giant a catalyst happening here in the, in, the, in the COVID paradigm. And really what's happening around us, we can safely say that digitization is kind of a no-brainer. Everybody's doing that now. That's kind of the blue part, right? And then this is a tough one, the decarbonization, but it's also going to create a tr multi-trillion dollar industry with hundreds of millions of new jobs. Just read the World Economic Forum report. The toughest one is really reformation. To reform what stock markets are, how we perform, who gets dividends, how we get paid, right? The completely different logic. So a pivoting society is what we're up to right, the next decade. And that pivoting is, again, only egged on by COVID, but climate change, financial issues, uh, and ultimately, of course, a rewriting of capitalism, inequality, and the first real big pivot we're seeing, of course, in America right now. And that's painful, and many people may feel a little bit um, sarcastic about this. That's actually a pivot, but 
we can discuss later. But I think it's a great example. We're going to see another pivot happening in Germany now with a new government coming in. That's happening around the world also, of course, in Poland, Czechoslovakia, many other places going in a similar direction. It's going to be quite interesting what happens here in the COVID rebound. I think basically this is what's happening, right? You take the globe, you shake up business, whether it's shipping or cruise ships or oil and gas or any business, transportation, mobility, healthcare, and the next decade will emerge new narratives, new priorities, and new rules. Great opportunity for all of you guys to get involved in this and for the sort of German-American uh, uh, coalition of getting it right. Uh, that's going to be an interesting angle and, until we figure out how to exactly do this. So right now there's sort of three camps of this, right? The, well, this is of course a polarized way of showing it, the, the sort of corporate capitalism of America, the social capitalism of Europe and China. Well, we're not going to talk about China because China will be a, just a topic on its own uh, for another two hours if I even go there. Importantly saying, you know, that basically in the COVID crisis, we've seen an explosion of the tech giants uh, and the sort of um, basically taken over the world kind of concept, both in market cap and in income. And that's going to continue uh, as we're forming new rules about what they should or should not be doing, because clearly here is the challenge, right? We're moving into the upper quadrant on the right side of technology, which is basically artificial intelligence genetic engineering, smart computer, Internet of Things, quantum computing, and of course blockchain and, and the uh, state, um, the digital currency undertakings that are happening everywhere. There's lots of benefits and lots of risks, and we're going to have to really collaborate to figure this out. The only way forward, I think, is global hyper-collaboration. That's the only ticket. Uh, and that's basically on top of all the science and technology that we're unfolding, right? Uh, that's the ticket to the good future. That requires us to think differently. And yeah, it's easy for me to say I lived in America for 17 years and I'm German, but I'm also Swiss now. So I kind of feel that way already. But I think that's the ticket to the future. Uh, we're going to see clearly United States of Europe emerging in the next decade. Uh, that sounds really, really fantastical right now, uh, like far out, right? But that's coming and we're going to see that uh, becoming the ticket to our future, the global collaboration because we know what happens when we do not have the telos, the wisdom, the purpose, the understanding, the openness to collaboration. You may have been there, I was two years ago in San Francisco, the wildfires sending clouds of smoke into the Bay Area. We've seen the statistics on global warming and what happens if China and India do the same thing that we have done in developed countries. Uh, the huge increase just the last 20 years, basically my life cycle as, a, uh, as being in business and, and being out there has seen this enormous rise in CO2 and basically what's going to happen here with all of the unfolding threats, you know, 500 million to 1 billion climate refugees all moving to Europe and to America, <laughs> moving up from there. And clearly we see a lot of people who are really worried about this. I'm going to zoom in a little bit hard on this one. So a lot of people are saying in this new um, Lancet Predatory Health Research, the future is frightening, right? See how many people think the future is frightening and that we have not taken care of the planet. That is not a good position to be in because we should not go into the future being frightened. We have to understand what is better about it and how we can fix it. That brings me to Facebook. Uh, the recent Facebook example is a fantastic example of too much of a good thing and not enough oversight and too much hubris uh, as we're seeing basically Facebook becoming, I would say, yeah, toxic. That's a good word. I left uh, Facebook as a, 
uh, as a user, <laughs> not as a uh, staff member four years ago. And really what's happening now is Facebook is shooting at democracy, is shooting at what it means to be a friend. It's totally corrosive to society. And there we're seeing really the, the sort of epitome of the issue when something is too good, you know, too much of a good thing. Uh, Tim Cook, the CEO of Apple, of course, says technology can do great things, but it does not want to do great things. It doesn't want anything. This is going to be so important for our future. We have to decide what it wants, what it should be, what is ethical, what has value to us, not technology in itself. Right? And we can see what's happening around the web and all the debate about Facebook. This is symptomatic about the future that we're going to see. People want a better future, a holistic future, a future that works for everybody, not just for Facebook. You know, Facebook makes about $100 million profit per day. Now think about that. And now, of course, they're going to have the metaverse, right? So uh, welcome to the metaverse. You heard about that. And well, now they're going to change their name, so everything will be fine. I think it will be called the, the, Zuki, the Zuki-verse. But whatever it is, yeah, now we're facing this dilemma. How far are we going to go in this convergence of humans and machines, the singularity, the transhumanism? I think when the tools become the purpose, you know, technology becomes the purpose, the religion, the drug maybe, the good future is endangered. And we have to be able to stay separate from this. And I think the more that we connect, the more we have to protect what makes us human. So I've suggested for years, and some people have taken it up, a thing called the Digital Ethics Council. And that's now in place in Singapore, in Denmark, and some other countries, and, and also regions and cities. But I think we should elevate that to what I call now the Humanity Futures Council, a council of the wise people, like Aristotle-type people, that think about these issues and basically counsel us to do the right thing, much better than the Facebook oversight board, I would hope. Something that we have to think about, because now we're moving into this future, we're surrounded by technology. It doesn't matter whether you're 65 or 75 or 15, it's everywhere. It's basically the neoluvian man and woman. You know, it's, it's kind of like a new renaissance of humanity. So I really think we need to invest as much in humanity and what makes us human as we invest in technology. That goes for education too. Humanity, ethics, science, art, all that stuff together, as Steve Jobs liked to say, right? Art and technology creates the beautiful product. Uh, our future is going to be in that combination of things, not in an either-or scenario. And very important for us humans, you know, our ultimate job is going to be to be human because everything else can be done by machines. What I call the androrhythms in my book, Technology versus Humanity, Emotions, creativity, imagination, ethics, consciousness, values. We don't want machines to have consciousness. We want them to just be competent. Right? That, that will be plenty. We don't want them to be conscious. So, in this future, here's a simple question. And I think that's a question for all of us, whether you're in business or, or you're, you're studying or you're about to graduate or, or in government. How will you create the good future? The good future for ourselves, of course, and for our children, our grandchildren. What kind of ancestor are we going to be? I think this idea of people, planet, purpose, and prosperity is central to that answer. And that's going to inform politics and science and technology going forward in a very, very fast way. So I encourage you to watch my movie. It's very short. It's 12 minutes. That's beautiful footage from Lanzarote. And I hope the good future will be upon us uh, in, the <laughs> in, in reality in the next decade. Thanks very much for your time. Find out more about my work at techbeashuman.com, futuristgird.com, 
and GearCube.com on YouTube.